Welcome to Two Gals and a Glass Half Full. We are continuing our talk on stress management and the effects stress has on us and our bodies and then techniques we can use to try to help ourselves. Um, but as always, first, Dr. Jess, what is in your cup today? Well, this morning I have a nice, uh, healthy glass of coffee and um, a little bit, a little bit of half and half, no sugar, just um, nice dark roast. Uh, so, uh, uh, Dr. Bobby, what's in your glass? So I'm on the other side of health and I have, don't have a cup today. I have a can of diet Coke, which is mm. oh so great, but I didn't have coffee this morning. I need a little caffeine. So mm -hmm. that's my excuse. I Not totally a good one, that. but that's my excuse. <laughs> it is what it is, right? Um, yeah. So, and then with us today, we have Jada, who is a mental health counselor, which is perfect for our stress management <laughs> month. And uh, Jada, what's in your glass? Well, I am featuring my Star, Star Wars mug, of course, but I just have a lovely black coffee today. Um, no Jameson in it. It's not the weekend anymore. <laughs> there we go. There we but go. It's just nice and black, no creamer, no sugar, no fun, but it, it's... Uh what I need today to get me started. So no I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, mm -hmm. So, so Jada, tell us a little bit about you. Oh my goodness. That question. <laughs> well, uh, like you said, Dr. Jess, I am a licensed mental health counselor here in Jacksonville and I, I own two private practices, um, both at the same location. So I have just keep swimming counseling. I started back in 2000, I think 18, 19. And then I am part of a group practice with my two fellow colleagues, Melissa Crawford and Peter Gay Sterling. Shout out to them. They're great. Um, and that's a women-owned group practice. And so that's my professional life. Um, I love what I do. I'm a dialectical behavioral therapist, DBT for short. And I think that's a great, um, I don't know, like talking about stress, DBT is all about balance. So I'm excited to share a little bit more about that today. And, oh gosh, what do I do outside of therapy? I feel like that's my world. Oh man. Well, I've gotten to a lot of yoga. Um, thanks to Dory, of course. And I exercise, I try to eat healthy. And I also have my days where I'm like, no, I am having McDonald's and French fries and I'm going to enjoy my martini. <laughs> so it's all about that balance ladies. And I know it's really, really hard to achieve, but that's, that's my personal life too. Hiking dogs, friends, you got to have it. You got to have those spoons of positive emotions. Yeah, I love that. I absolutely love that because I think that's a big part of what we personally were working on for ourselves, but Dr. Bobby and myself. Um, but then something that we're really trying to highlight in this podcast is that it's, you know, overall, you don't have to be perfect. We don't have mm -hmm. to like follow all of these recommendations completely every single time. And then one time we mess up, we beat ourselves up about it. And it's like, no, that's not helpful mm -hmm. um, as much <laughs> as possible. Like, yeah, like it's just, having grace with yourself and saying like, you know what, like I'm really crushing it in so many areas that like, if I'm not crushing it in this one aspect today, I'm okay. Right. Like, well, I feel like that need adds to the stress. Like adds it does. it's an unrealistic, you know, yeah. need or unrealistic viewpoint. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. This is something that we were just talking about, about that negative self-talk and how much that, that then comes back in and then affects overall how we, how we're feeling about ourselves. Right. And 100%. so we like, it's like, sometimes we're our own worst enemies, whether it's exercise, diet, nutrition, sleep, stress. Um, it's all of these topics are like, how can we actually come back and just like give ourselves grace? 
um, mm-hmm. and, and say like, it's, it's actually okay. Like I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. Maybe I need to make some changes. Uh, maybe I want to implement some things in a better direction. Um, but like overall, I'm not like this horrible, horrific person that needs to be like beat up on all the time. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So perfect. So uh, from your perspective, Jada, um, mm-hmm. what are some of the biggest barriers that you see, especially with women managing mm-hmm. long-term stressors? Like where, where are some of these barriers that, you, that you've seen and, and what do you do about mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. The barriers, I think for women, it, it kind of is a piggyback off what you just said, Jess, it's the judgments we create from ourselves. And those judgments are external. We, we, these are messages, I think, coming from, I'm going to go society route here, but society, culture, I think we can go from macro level to micro level, meaning maybe the family unit's a little judgmental too. But for women, it's not that we're born with these judgments. I'm not born with, oh, I need a six pack Ab, you know, that's not how that works. These are externally implanted over time and we carry them with us. So I think barriers for women are um, unrealistic standards we put on ourselves. And also those are coming from society too. So barriers like I think we, um, we in DBT, you know, it's dialectical. So there's always these two opposing truths. There's no absolute truth, but I'm going to talk about doing mind and being mind and doing mind is being on the go constantly. Don't stop, have your to-do list. You're not allowed to. And I think a lot of times in our culture, we perpetuate that. And when women are in front of me, they're in that bubble. They are do, do, do. I'm not allowed to pause. Then you add kids to it and there's that mom guilt and it just piles on. The other side of the dialect is the being mind. Stop and smell the roses kind of concept everyone's like, well, why would I want to be out of the being mind? That sounds great. Like going on a hike every day, having a martini. Well, I mean, we're not going to get to our long-term goals if we're always in being mind. So it's about being effective. That's the middle. It's bringing them two together and saying, it's okay to be here. Sometimes it's okay to be here sometimes, but let's also try to blend them. And we don't, we take the butt out of everything and let's blend them together. Um, so I think I went off a little of a tangent. You asked for barriers, but I think it's the doing, I think it's the to-do list. I think it's the expectations. Um, I think a lot of times for women, we it's physical. So what is my physical appearance and what's those comparisons I'm making? And then it also shows up a lot for my women that um, have kids and those expectations of being a perfect mom as well, really make it hard. It's like, we have to do it all or nothing at all. These extremes we live in, black and white. Absolutely. I think some of the best advice that was given to me when I was um, pregnant with my first son is I had somebody tell me, you have all of these roles in your life. You are a professional, you're a wife, you're a sister, you're a friend, and you're now about to be a mom. Mm -hmm. And you are not going to crush it every day in every Mm -hmm. role. You're not, it's not possible. So there's going to be days that as a professional, you're like, I'm doing this. I got this. And then there's going to be days as a mom where you're like, yeah, like we had this great day with the kids and we're, we're accomplishing whatever big task we're trying to accomplish. Um, but like, you're not going to be on that high in every role every day. And Thanks, so, man. yeah. And I think being aware of that ahead of time helped me really think about that as far as like, interesting. I never considered, and, and it's not a failure, right? Mm -hmm. You're not failing because you're not crushing it. Mm -hmm. You just aren't crushing it. So 
so recognize that and then say like, okay, well, I was like, I was really busy and I had to ask my husband to pick up the kids because I was running late and I'm not a failure. I made a plan to make sure that they were still picked up, even though it wasn't me that did it. Right. right? So that's not, it, it's something that I've had to work on a lot myself mm-hmm. to really try and reframe that thinking. I'm not an absent parent. Um, <laughs> I just had a lot of work that day that I had to finish and then I can be present once we're all home. Um, so yeah, it's, I don't know, Bobby, if you feel like, um, just like balancing that, like doing, and then being a part of, um, the awareness of like, Oh, I'm in the moment. This is great. But then it's like, I got to get this done. You know, (laughs) I know, um, most of a lot of you guys know, Justin are, she's married. I'm not, she has kids. I don't, you know, very different in that way. So I can speak from like on my end of things where, you know, you're talking about the kids and then do, and right now I have so many like professional goals and so many yeah. things like this, but at the same time that I feel like I'm feeling and dating, I'm feeling in my opportunity, I might not be able, you know, as I age, there's a chance you can't have kids, you know, like mm-hmm. if you've passed that. And so like, I feel those like stressors and those on the other end of things. And, you know, when people, why aren't you married? Well, I haven't found the right person. Like I'd love to be like, mm-hmm. you know, like when people kind of, I know they judge a lot. Why would you do it as a parent? Or, you know, like things like you kind of get the other end. People just assume I'm married. People just assume I have kids. And like, then they assume that like, well, why don't you want it? And it's like, no, I do, you know, like, so like, yeah. I feel like from that on that end is like trying to balance that um, professional life and like my goals and those dreams with trying to find someone. And it's not easy in this world and day. Mm-hmm. I agree, Dr. Bobby, yeah. you get those. Um, I love how you guys put your first names, by the way, Dr. Jess and Dr. Bobby. <laughs> but yes, it's, it's, I come from another extreme where I am also not married, no kids. I don't want kids and that's fine, but that judgment comes with that. So I think it's the judgments and I don't, I'm sure I don't even need to ask Brene Brown speaks of this, right? Being selective about the feedback we feedback we allow to carry within us is so important. We want to be open. I think that's really important and very selective. As she said, there's a lot of cheap seats that are filled in that arena with all that negativity that comes at us. So it's, I get questions. You don't want kids. Oh my God. Why? Well, why not? Why, why would I like, why is that a bad thing? So being very selective because we can take those messages and that external message all of a sudden becomes internal and we're using someone else's opinion to judge ourselves by. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's hard. I was gonna say, I feel like that's really hard. Like I can see it, but like, I don't know how, you know, like it just, you feel so much, like you still take it personally. I'm sure Jess, if anyone says anything about your parenting, you know, like, or your ability to be a wife or, you know, things like that, like you take it internally. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's hard to just hold on to you too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where it's important when in the moment, you might not be able to address it right then, right? You might be, you might not, you might not be ready. I mean, sometimes, you know, if a comment is received, um, I can quickly turn around and be like, I disagree. Um, and this is why, not in a combative way, but like, no, 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 I disagree with that comment. And um, I, you're not gonna get away with telling me that and that like somehow I'm inferior and you're better, right? Um, and I, like I said, not like a like, rah, 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 but just like, <laughs> no, let's just, let's all call, let's all call it out right now. Let's, let's, yeah. we're going to name the elephant in the room of like, you are perceiving that I'm in some way inferior or not, you know, not living up to some standard that you have for me. 
And um, I disagree with that standard that you're placing on me. And I just want to say that out loud because I think it's helpful if we just say things out loud. And some people find that uncomfortable, um, but it's, I'm not, I'm not attacking you. I'm not saying anything that's, um, that, that's uh, destructive towards you. I'm naming the elephant in the room, which is the perception of me. And I, and I, and I don't appreciate it. That's all. Um, so that's a strategy that I've used, which I, um, like I said, I, I create tense situations when I do that. Um, but it helps to protect me from that negative talk that would then come into me. Sure. Now there's times when I, I don't quite recognize it yet. It like the comments there and it starts like working its way in <laughs> and like, you know, I'm like driving home and I'm like, hmm. <laughs> Mull around like this yeah I don't love what I'm feeling right now mm-hmm. and it's like kind of like bothering me and then you know and then I'll usually like again like I say things out loud because when I start to say it out loud then it helps me to then hold on mm-hmm. like get it going because mm-hmm. I can touch it I can feel it I can you know I can I can take it somewhere and then throw it away if I want to like we, like we tell Jacob you take that and then you flush it down the toilet so like <laughs> that, perfect. put it on a rocket ship and you blast it in outer space 100%. Um, yeah. but it's like trying to own it and take it and touch it and feel it then we can do something about it but otherwise it just sits in there and then mm. we just kind of feel it and it's just uncomfortable and then it starts to weigh us down and weigh us down and weigh us down and um for me that's just like something that i've been trying to do more without being combative but say it out loud. I don't know, Jade, if you feel like that's helpful or argumentative, but like. It is not, it is not. I'm reminded of the DBT skill called FAST, which is a skill we use when we're wanting to maintain our self-respect. So it really represents um, if someone crosses a moral, a value, holding true to that. And it also says, don't apologize for things that we shouldn't be sorry for, right? Right. This is not a recipe to be, a dick. I don't know if I can say that word, but it's not, it's not a, it's not a free for all to say, go yell at people. No, 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 no. It is about asserting you crossed a moral line in a healthy way. I'm going to tell you that. And guess what? Over time that builds mastery to your self-confidence, to your self-esteem, to your integrity. And so I think for women too, another barrier is we are um, in some ways looked down upon for being, Oh, you, you have too much conflict. Oh, Oh, you're, you're aggressive. You're the B word, right? We hear that mm-hmm. a lot, a lot Tell yeah. women all the time. Do you, you, you like that? No. Okay. Then let's do something about it. Say something, empower yourself in a healthy way. And when my, my clients that are female start to do that, you see their confidence just blossom and those daggers from people that are filling those cheap seats, they don't have that much power anymore. So I think it's great what you're doing. Keep saying things, yeah. you know? Yeah. Cause you're not letting them get away with the comment because if they keep doing it, it will mm-hmm. only keep stabbing you. It will mm-hmm. only keep hurting. And yeah. so, it, and it's not like you don't have to do it in a mean way, but like, if someone asks you like, you know, why are you not married? You're like, well, that's a good question. That's, that's a, that's, that's pretty, uh, that's a pretty big question. Do you really want the answer to that? Or, you know, and I'll say <laughs> that. Like, you, you got that martini? You, yeah, that much yeah, time? Like, <laughs> yeah, when you actually yeah. Are you asking for real or yeah. are, are you, are you perceiving that I'm, I'm inferior in some way? And they're usually look at you like, no, like I'm actually asking, like, do you actually want to know? Or is it, or is it because like the image of me isn't good enough right now? And they'll be like, well, I, uh, I'm like, it's okay. Cause like, I'll tell you, 
Um, but like, let's have a conversation about that then. And then it's like, oh, I'm uncomfortable. I'm like, well, then don't make me uncomfortable. (laughs) We call that turning the tables. Mm-hmm. you know like that's it's not okay like it's, it's not mm-hmm. and I feel like as females in general we receive it more than we should mm-hmm. and like I have noticed this like when I first started working as a physical therapist and I looked young right I was in my late 20s and it would get like, oh, honey, what do you really know? Or, oh, hey, you know, and like, like these like, oh, oh, you know, and you're like, well, actually, um, thank you. Thank you for, for asking me what I do know. My name is Dr. Jess and I do have a doctoral degree in this subject. So I know a good amount. So please ask me. And again, just like reframing that and saying like, I'm not honey, I'm not dear. I'm not, I'm not some demeaning term to you. Um, this is who I am and this is my role that I have. And I just think that if we speak to each other on this more respectful level, that we'll be able to move forward better in the society. Um, you don't have to like say like, oh, I'm going to do everything professionally and I'm going to be. Rah, rah, rah. Just, <laughs> but in general, why, why do we have to be so demeaning sometimes? Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense and it's not productive and it's just meant to push us down, mm-hmm. you know, but it took me a while to be able to be like, uh, well, um, excuse me, please don't, tell me that. <laughs> um, I don't appreciate the way you're speaking to me. <laughs> like that doesn't work either. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. No, I love it. Keep, keep speaking up for yourself. And it is hard. It is hard. Cause I think women, another, I think barrier you just addressed here is that, um, stereotype of, well, you're a young female in a, in a profession. What do you know? There is that demeaning that takes place as well with that. So by saying something, you're also giving them pause to maybe look at their own. Uh, I think we could call these microaggressions, I believe, but even taking a look at those. Mm-hmm. What are some, what are some techniques for someone that wants to start standing up for themselves, but don't have the confidence yet? Um, and maybe, Maybe it is a comment of like, why aren't you married? Or maybe it is in a workplace where you're surrounded by more of a, more mm-hmm. men that are above you or, you know, things like that. What are some things, you know, um, a woman could start to do yeah, to, it's to build that confidence? You know, I think um, <laughs> you start with a good old list. That's what I do with my clients of like these areas where maybe you are feeling that hurt and like ideas for yourself. And I, I always like to challenge my folks, like, start with the biggest one. You're going to see the greatest benefit from tackling that big one first. I'm telling you, and I get it's scary. So we may start small, but just to give some tactics, body posture is everything. So a lot of times, and you all may have experiences or have witnessed professionals that are female do this, but we do this head down. We close ourselves off. we cross our, like, it's all this shrinking, I'm invisible. And I think that is a message of um, maybe some shame there, maybe some lack of confidence there, kind of all the above. So I always tell my folks, change your body posture, change your body posture, change your chemicals, change your um, emotions or just brain sensations. You can change it all. So I want that head to be up. I want your, your tone to be louder. I want you to make eye contact. Start there. I think just that body posture um, starting each day with a lovely intentional word, um, focus, strong, powerful, whatever it may be. And having those moments of setting in that word, mindfully setting keyword, mindfully setting in that word. If you notice the thoughts of judgment coming in or these external messages, they're just thoughts. There's no facts to them. We just think there are. 
So I tell my folks to label, oh, there's that judgment thought. Oh, pop the thought bubble. Oh, get off the train. So whatever's going to help you remember to deep, I do train, like, let me debore this train at the next stop and then refocus back on my intention word. So body, intention word, checking the facts, getting off the thought bubble. Those are all really powerful. And then we can pull them all together. And then you have, I mean, start with an, I feel like I feel frustrated that you brought up, you asked me about my age. I feel disrespected. Like being able to start there is a really powerful place and go from there. Um, there's tons of DBT techniques that are a little bit more involved, like dear man, dear man's about assertion and, and getting your objectives met in a conversation. Even if you don't get those goals met, it's about leaving that conversation feeling empowered. And so part of dear man is being mindful. So the body posture is important and not allowing someone to throw you off your game. So sometimes you may be met if you're trying to set a boundary with, well, what do you mean? Why is that an issue for you? That shouldn't be an issue for you. No, it is an issue for me. Thank you though. And get right back to it. If you're not getting anywhere with someone, I use turn the tables. That's what you guys were describing earlier. Like, well, how would you solve this problem, Joe? Like, what would you do? You know, if, if you were being asked about your age repeatedly or something like that. So turn the like table, the, all that. I like the way how you said, and it's something I did a lot of um, self-development at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a brief uh, stint with, oh, oh God, uh, multi-level marketing. So I did a lot mm-hmm. of self-development. I actually, I'm glad I did the mar- that MLM because it taught me a lot. And one of the big things was when you're addressing people, you know, instead of saying, hey, you're doing this, you know, doing that whole putting on you, like I'm feeling this way because it leaves them less defensive and more open to kind of hear what you're saying because you're telling them about your feelings versus saying they're doing something. Exactly. And it was a way for, it was a way for me to kind of build that confidence because then, <laughs> you know, it was, I was putting it on me, which, you know, and then that way building through there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Own it. And then what can they do? Exactly. But you statements coming in hot. You're going to, I mean, think about what you would do, right? I'd be like, you know, so I feel statements is a great way to start. And, and anyone could do a Google search of DBT, dear man, DBT, um, fast skill. DBT loves acronyms, by the way. <laughs> so <laughs> but you can find those really detailed steps. And with Dear Man, for example, you want to write it all out what you want to say. So these would be situations that are coming up maybe with your boss, like you didn't get a raise. So situations where you want to really think about what you want to say, those are all, you can find those online. You could, if you have a therapist, you could talk to them about it and role play and prepare. There's nothing wrong with that. Preparing for those hard conversations, especially. Yeah, absolutely. I think this really ties into a lot of what we're talking about with stress management, right? Because it's the negative self-talk that is what makes this that stressful situation worse. Mm-hmm. So being able to not learn how to not have that be our default. Mm-hmm. Like if our default is to bring it back into ourselves and say like somehow this is our fault or we're not good enough or whatever it might be, then then that stress management isn't really going to go well. So if we can start to learn how to do positive self-talk and empower ourselves and see ourselves as valuable, and then when that stressful situation comes in, 
are hopefully less and less where all default will be to do our negative self-talk. So mm-hmm. when that stressful situation comes in, now we've been working on this more like, you know, positive reframing, thinking about us as, a, as an individual and who we are. And then all of a sudden it's like now, because I've been working in this realm, now my stress management realm is going to go better because mm-hmm. I've already been working on these other strategies and tools. Exactly. And so, um, again, it's just it's something that especially when I was first starting out in the profession, it was, uh, it was something I really had to work on very much for me. Um, I didn't, I'd always been in academia, right? Like in academia, you are defined by how you test, right? It, it is. And if you can test well, and you can, you, you perform well in that, in that manner, you, you get respect. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you leave that world and now you're standing alone. And it's how, how you talk, how you present, what, what your output is. Mm-hmm. And it's completely different for how you earn respect. And it was like, wait a minute, like I don't look like I know a lot, right? Because I'm not that old. I don't have a ton of experience behind me. Sometimes I honestly don't know if I have the right answer. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Like, ah, oh, <laughs> this is the first time I'm seeing this condition or the first time I'm seeing this scenario or circumstance and it was like ah ah and then mm-hmm. if I start doing that and then all of a sudden this person looking at me is like oh I'm, I'm recognizing that you're not owning this um <laughs> then all of a sudden now my day starts getting worse and all yeah. of a sudden some of the people in my lives my life might be my, my work situation might be um asking things of me that I should say no to um, but I am saying yes, which is making my stress situation higher and higher and higher and higher because I don't realize that I need to stand up for myself and say that's unethical. Mm-hmm. No, I will not do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm doing my negative self-talk. I'm not good enough. I'm not, you know, so yeah, it's negative self-talk. Mm-hmm. And then this work stress coming in. And then now all of a sudden I'm in a really bad place mentally, right? Um, physically, I'm in a bad place. My stomach is hurting. I'm getting tension headaches. Um, and it was like, wait, hold on. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think we need a change. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't then, have a longevity to it at all. Yeah. You know, a lot of times just, uh, you'll get, I get patients and depending on how well I know them is kind of, sometimes I'll say it jokingly if I know them really well, or sometimes I'll say it more seriously, but I say the same kind of context of things. They'll be like, so I have a question and you know, you're in the eval and you don't quite know. And I always respond with, well, I have an answer. I'll try, but I may not know it. You know, like I'll write that out. I, like, I may not know the answer, but I'll find it out for you. Like mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, just to take that stress off of like having mm-hmm. an answer, know the answer, like right away, be like, I may not know it, yep. but we'll mm-hmm. figure it out, you know, or we'll start with what we know. That's mm-hmm. a great tactic. I do that too. I'm like, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know everything. That's stressful, <laughs> but I will tell you, I don't know what a wonderful question. Let's try figure it out. And I think that's a, I think that's, you know, and sometimes I even do that myself being in healthcare. I go to the doctor and I want to know what's wrong. Well, sometimes we just don't know, you know, healthcare Mm -hmm. isn't perfect. You know, our bodies are amazing mysteries and miracles. And sometimes Mm -hmm. we don't exactly know what's causing that pain or that illness. You know, it takes a while to figure it out. We'll do everything we can to figure it out, but I may not have all the answers and I may not have them all right away. We might not have them in the moment. That's okay. Nobody yeah. does. 
If somebody tells you they have all the answers, they're lying to you. Run, run. Nobody run. has all the answers. You may be dealing with a narcissist. Run away. <laughs> run. Exactly. Yeah. Like that's, it's not okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, just and having that grace of saying like, it's okay that I don't know, but I will find it out. Okay. Yeah. And, and we're going to work on this together. Yeah. That's totally fine. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Um, so Jada, as far as let's say like, so we talked a little bit about these everyday stressors and um, strategies that we can use to be able to help with like just that more positive self-talk and ways that we can empower ourselves. Right. Um, What are some of the, let's think like a little bit more long-term, right. And how to get us out of like, just in the moment. Right. And then how can we start thinking of like our little bit more of a long-term strategies for like kind of dampening this down a little bit. Yes, yes, yes. Um, uh, both are called, they fall under accumulating positive emotions. So positive emotions don't come knocking. They're not going to bang on my door in a second and say, boys here, let's go have fun. No, 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 no. So I was really hoping that would happen, but it's, I know. <laughs> if you had into your copy, it probably would, but you know, <laughs> time and place. <laughs> so we have accumulating positive emotions short-term and I'm going to get to your answer. And then we have accumulating positive emotions long-term and it's all that balancing act. So like I said before, if I'm always in short-term being mind and accumulating positive emotions, I'm, I'm going to be broke probably on the side of the street because I'm not working. <laughs> so what I challenge women to do is this every day, choose one thing, one pleasant event you can give to yourself. It could be five minutes you have time for five minutes. Yep. You can create that time. And when you do your pleasant event, I want you to do it mindfully. So I think that's the hardest part because we ruminate on everything or obsess and it ruins it. It's not going to work. So mindfully go to yoga and say, every time that thought comes in, be like, nope, not today, Satan. Nope. Nope. mm -mm. Refocus, refocus. And it's training. You're, you're building um, brain muscle and so to speak. So this will take time and practice to do. So each day I challenge every female to go and do something. Maybe it's nails, maybe it's reading a book and do just the one thing. Don't have the TV on while you read the book. Uh Uh-uh. If you just want to watch New Girl, watch New Girl. Get off your phone. Just do one thing. So there's your short term. Long term, pick out maybe a value. Do some self-reflection. Is there a value that's really important to me that maybe I'm not doing right now? For me, it was it was my own success, right? I wanted to open a practice. And so I acknowledged that one value, like have it being independent, and I broke it down into steps. And focus on one thing at a time because it's so overwhelming when we have all these big goals. It doesn't work that way well. It it just doesn't. So pick one and break it down into really tiny steps. Maybe you need to journal about it. Maybe you need to do, I used to do a vision board to keep you on track or to keep that motivation alive, have pictures around that represent that because it's easy for the the just everyday doing mind in life to um, lose track of of our main long-term goal. So balance those two. And while you achieve and work toward your long-term goal, maybe that's it going to classes. Maybe that's, I don't know, getting a hiring a mentor or something. Be mindful of how good that feels and track that. So you can maintain your motivation, your, your momentum while you achieve the long-term, you're going to start to feel good every step you do. And then of course, still have one thing a day you do that's mindfully pleasant for you. Perfect. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's sometimes where when we get started, we get started with the short term things. 
And it's like, okay, good. We're like making some progress, but then we almost like stop there. Mm -hmm. Right. And we don't get into that longer term of like, where do I actually want to go with this? What do I actually want out of, out of, you know, the next year, the next five years, 10 years, 20 years, you know, nothing's guaranteed, but we're never going to get there if we don't actually name it or see it. Right. And then it's like, if I look back five years ago to where I am now, is this, is this what I want? Maybe it is right. But maybe it's not. And so, okay. And then, then I don't feel good about that. And so, so how are we going to get there? So, yeah, I think like something that like, you know, one of the things that I struggle with is that I'm in that doer group, right? Like do, 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 do. And then I'm, and I, and I'm not as good at like stopping to smell the roses. Right. Mm, Um, And that was one of my big, big, big things that I worked on, right? Is saying like, okay, I love checklists. I love being productive. I love moving forward. Um, but because I was in such a cycle of do, 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 I wasn't actually like looking past my very, very short term checklist. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, I wasn't getting those bigger, those bigger reaches in it. Um, but I was also not really enjoying the day as much either. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember like the first time I was very aware of it was when my husband and I were first dating, like on the weekends, I would stand up and eat my lunch because I'd be like, okay, let's keep going. And he like one day he goes, Can we um can we sit and eat? I was like, <laughs> sit and eat lunch. He was like, Yeah. Could we can we sit for like a minute? And I was like, huh. Yeah, I guess that's a good idea. <laughs> and it like it started making me realize that I need to be present. Mm-hmm. I need to be more present in the moment and just like sit and have that conversation. How is your day? Really? How are you? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. But like that was a realization for me because I'm a doer, right? I'm not a like, you know, let's go off and gallivant and you know, it's just that's <laughs> just it's not as much me, right? Um, but bringing that awareness forward has helped me then realize that that's why sometimes things get stressful It's because I'm not stopping to recognize it. So Burning that's depression, anxiety. It's a recipe. We're always exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Say, and I'm pretty good at like long-term goals. Now, what really resonated with me is when you were like one you know, focus on one thing. Cause I'm like, you know, like all this stuff. And yeah. you know, like, I, and it's been a big conversation with Jess and I recently, because I am working full time now. Um, I started a fellowship program, which is pretty intense for PT, very intense. And then had these, all these other goals I wanted to do. And it was just like, it got to the point where I was like, almost so, so much that you can't get anything done because you can't mm-hmm. focus on anything because mm-hmm. it's just like you're just being pulled and you're doing whatever you can do to survive and get through that day and what needs to be done that day you know and sometimes the stuff wasn't even getting done that day so then you had the next day coming on where you had all the stuff for that day plus what you didn't get done and people knocking on you like hey where's this what's this and you're like oh my goodness so I think yes. you know focusing on that one thing is huge um yeah in a long chunks. One last thing with the long-term thing is how I couldn't do it without, I call them my female warrior tribe. They know who they are from my colleagues to my friends. 
tell your trusted few a long-term goal and they can help you be accountable. They can challenge in a healthy way and they can be supportive. You need that. I think women, we need our our people. So important. So it's my last little point to the long-term piece. And I don't know on my screen, I'm pointing to the, I'm pointing to Dr. Jess. She's like, definitely, I don't know if I'm on your screen, Jess, but Uh uh, she's definitely my, my sounding board. And those days where I doubt myself, she's like, no, you got it. And then those days where I'm like, oh, do you hear this, this, you know, she's like, all right, let's do it. Celebrate the wins. It's not just about, yeah, it's not just about, hey, I'm struggling because obviously you need your support system for that, but then also use your support system to celebrate. Like, yes, this is awesome. I'm excited. I'm happy. Like, let's do that together as well. Both are equally important. Um, I think oftentimes we don't celebrate the wins like we should. And it's like, yes, like even if it's something so small, that seems like not, not like this huge thing that we should celebrate, like send that text message. Hey, I'm super excited about this step that I just completed or whatever it might be. And it's like, yes, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, Perfect. So we are going to be wrapping up this episode and thank you so much Jada for coming on. I think our, yeah, our challenge this week is to implement one strategy that Jada talked about. So it doesn't have to be all of them. Okay. Just one, just one one. short term, 